It's 9 a.m. on Christmas Island. For most people, that's when the day starts. But the rangers of Christmas Island National Park are almost done with their job, at least for now. They've been up since 7, spread out along one of the island's main roads to do some hammering. Is it just drier than the rest? Dry doesn't help, but yeah, some bit. The ground is drier than usual, and it's hard work. Even though it's morning, the island is already over 80 degrees and really humid. How much more do you have? Uh, so we, there's a bit of fence just near the bridge, so we have to go from there. Enjoy. They're installing a strip of plastic fencing about a meter high all along the edge of the road, but only on one side of it. It looks kind of like a giant gutter, but it's not for water. It's for crabs. But before we talk about crabs, where are we? How'd you like to spend Christmas on Christmas Island? Christmas Island is a tiny, rocky island in the Indian Ocean. It's technically Australian territory, but it's actually a lot closer to Indonesia. The island is small. It's about 50 square miles, and the population is less than 2,000. How'd you like to hang your stocking on a great big coconut tree? How'd you like to... The island is typically known for one thing, the spectacular red crab migration that happens at the start of every wet season. This mass movement of bright red crabs from the jungle down to the coast is pretty amazing, and it got the attention of a few nature documentarians who really put the island on the map. The savage, rocky shores of Christmas Island. The red crabs of Christmas Island. In a few hours from now, on this very shore, a thousand million lives will be lost. It's time to spawn. But not everything about the migration is pretty. The roads would be this is Mary and Susie, twin sisters who grew up on the island before there were crab fences. They're actually the same people who were singing the Christmas Island song from earlier. In their time, the biggest hazard to the crabs was traffic. Their migration route crosses several roads, and there was nothing stopping drivers from accidentally running them over. And the car sound was With increased media attention from the nature documentaries, the island realized it had to do something about all those crab deaths. Yeah, people were horrified to see what was going on on the island. You know, all these animals were being needlessly slaughtered. So the National Park Rangers decided to fix it. I mean, it was pretty basic, really. Uh, I just looked at it dispassionately and thought, well, we've got to separate the crabs in the vehicle, so... How do we do it? Today, around the start of the migration, the island's main roads are lined with these plastic fences that herd the crabs towards tunnels that go under the road. In some places where underground pipes make tunnels impossible, the park has come up with an even more creative solution. So we thought, well, if we can't get the crabs under the road, why don't we put them over the road? So, we designed the bridge. This network of fences, tunnels, and bridges 
requires a lot of physical labor and money to build. But it's worth it if it means the crabs stay safe and get where they're going. As it turns out, there's a different crab on the island, one that had been fine for all these years, that recently, suddenly, started dying. By the hundreds. And the reason for all these deaths wasn't something that a tunnel or a bridge could fix. If you ever spend You're listening to a preview of the first story on Following the Water. Stay tuned to find out why these crabs were dying and to hear about a different population moving through the island that was treated very differently. Mm-hmm.